everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the 12 Questions Podcast. My name is Jeff Luck. I'm writer for The Athletic each week. I ask the same 12 questions for a different race car driver. And here we are for the final edition of 2022. Uh... These questions will be all new next year, uh, if we keep going with this format at least. Um, so uh, even though it's the same 12 questions every week, I do change them up each season for those of you who are not familiar with that. And uh, this is the last driver of the season, and for the 11th straight year, it ends with Landon Castle uh, in the last but not least spot. Now, why do we do that? Well, not only is Landon one of the more interesting drivers but for a long time now, maybe maybe all those 11 years, I'm not sure, he's been serving as the sort of test dummy for the 12 questions. Um, so what, what will happen is in February, um, right when I'm about to finalize them or you know, I've thought on the offseason about what I want the questions to be, um, before I do the first interview, I'll call up Landon and we'll kind of go over the questions and I'll say, ah, I don't think that's, you don't want to ask a driver that like, you're not going to get a good answer for that. Um, we, we don't really think that way or, Hey, why don't you phrase it this way for some of them? Things like that. Um, so he's willing, he's been willing to help. Um, uh, and then we, he forgets about the questions, I guess all year. And then, uh, I come back to him at the end to answer them. And so that is where we will pick up our interview with, College Racing's Landon Castle. Well, it's the end of another season, so that means it's 12 questions with Landon Castle for the zillionth straight year in a row. Welcome back to the 12 Questions Podcast, Landon. Thank you. We're on quite a run right here. Yes. This is probably longer. This is a longer run than like any driver and crew chief have been together. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And once again, I probably helped you proofread these questions at the beginning of the year. And, and you forgot have all completely of them. <laughs> wiped them from my memory. So we'll uh, see. We'll see if they resonate with you or if they <laughs> if they get good answers. Uh, so the first one is, uh, how do you feel about people reclining their seats on airplanes? Uh, I'm okay with it. We all got to do what we got to do. Yeah, I've I'm not. I got no problems with it. But I have had someone on an airplane like push my seat back up at me in anger. Oh, you yeah. reclined and then it popped back up like some yeah just like it. just slammed it back up in front of me i've wanted to do that to people really but i have not but i now i will say that they're you know and maybe this might be the uh uh the midwestern or in me but when i recline there's always like an oop excuse me you know sorry just gonna slide back there on you yeah oh <laughs> okay just coming just gonna slide right through here um there is a little bit of that so there's always you know there's some mindfulness of just not like pushing the button and slamming your seat back yeah but a lot of that is you know that's that makes sense because sometimes people might have a drink there or their their phone or your laptop's set up open. or your laptop's open yeah. so i always kind of look back but um, I got no problem with people leaning back on me or vice versa because I feel like we're all trying to make ourselves comfortable. Okay. How often do you get recognized at the grocery store? Not too often. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I live, live living in racing country in Charlotte. Um, probably more industry people than anything. Um, if I'm at a grocery store on a race weekend in market, um, especially if it's near the racetrack, you'll recognize people. So yeah. not too much. Okay. Yeah. 
like any other plus you, you shop at like <laughs> healthier grocery stores too you shop at like whole foods or right like nicer nicer healthier are you like, saying that our my fan base doesn't patronize nicer healthier uh well stores? i mean <laughs> not not just your fan base but the majority of people aren't necessarily like oh i need to get to sprouts or whatever over you know mm-hmm. my regular kroger or harris teeter you know. I see I see industry folks a lot in yeah. at Whole Foods in Huntersville. That's the one that I go to all the time. Gotcha. Yep. On a scale one to ten, how good are you at replying to text messages in a timely manner? <laughs> uh, I think I'm I think I'm decent at it. Uh, you know, I'm kind of famous for my unread text messages because they right. they pile up. But that's really because I just don't won't open a text when I end a conversation more than anything, I don't really blow. I don't think I blow people off that much, but you um, have like hundreds of unread texts, right? Or at least yeah, but I probably have hundreds of conversations where I just have allowed the other person to f- say the last word. And then I don't open the text. So you just see enough of a preview of it. Like they say, okay. Right. And you leave it there and I don't open it. But so why not just clear that out? Didn't it bother you to like have that blue dot sitting there? <laughs> Um, no, not really, I guess. Oh. Okay, well, that's fine. I, then. <laughs> yeah. But I don't. I think I'm okay. Yeah, I mean, probably in some cases too good at it, if you ask my wife, because I should probably oh. not be on my phone too much. Yeah, well, we're all guilty of that. What is the best way to get out of a conversation with someone who won't stop talking? If, if there's somebody else around, just hand them off somehow. Yeah. Yeah, if it's if it's the if it's the two of us on the phone, uh, or I I actually the older I've gotten the better, and I don't know maybe this is not a nice thing or not, but the older I've gotten, the better I've gotten at just ending conversations, being like, hey, I gotta go, yeah. time to go, right, and being more right. direct about it. So honestly, I I'm I'm to the I I'm pretty direct about it about just ending a conversation if I have to go. Okay. As nice as I can, but yeah, there's people, some people just don't stop talking. I know. Like if there's any dead airtime on a phone call, they will start talking again. Yep. I have a, I have a friend that, that calls me every once in a while and bless his heart. I love talking to him. He's a good friend of mine, but it's one of the things he's actually (laughs) the person that I learned this about that he's, he, um, if if we have dead airtime on the phone, he will not go longer than like a half a second with dead airtime on the phone. He will start talking, wow. even if he finished a statement. If I, I won't, I don't. If I don't say anything, he'll just start talking again. And he's one of those people that is like, I have every conversation with him ends with me saying, "Hey, I gotta go, man." Oh yeah, no problem. We'll catch you later. I, I'm so I just direct with it now. I'm going to let you and the listeners in on a little bit of a secret that I learned for reporting too. So when you're doing an interview with someone, they've, I was taught in school to, when the person's finished talking to leave, like almost make it awkward on purpose a little bit, just to leave a little bit of, because a lot of people, a lot of times people will volunteer. They'll fill in the X because nobody likes the dead air. Yeah. So people will then volunteer more. <clears throat> That's, information that's so. a negotiation tactic as well oh it is yeah okay yeah, yeah that's you read about that in negotiation books there you go that's, that that's interesting. if you're if you're negotiating with somebody 
and and by the way if you're negotiating negotiating doesn't mean we're doing a business deal that could mean we're trying to figure out where to go to, for dinner oh i see right yeah if you if you just pause and don't speak up people are in, inclined to want to fill that gap with something right and in a negotiation that's extremely valuable if the the more the your adversary is talking in a negotiation the better it is for you so yeah They're i tipping mean their hand right they, they're just volunteering information yeah so if you can allow um if you can just have patience in a, in a negotiation and try not to talk fascinating give an extra people are inclined to uh I love that. Another so, good one too is is to get people to say no. If you can, if you can get people to say no, then they're more inclined to explain why. Oh, okay. Where asking someone a question where they can answer in a yes is really so open ended that you actually don't learn anything from it. So like, hey Jeff, we should get dinner. Sure, why not? Right. Well, what does that mean? Where are we getting? Where, where are we going to go? When are we going to go? Are you available next week? Do you like, do we even eat the same kind of food? Right. But how about Jeffrey free for dinner on Monday? No, I'm not back from Phoenix on Monday. Oh, when do you get back from Phoenix? Well, I don't go back till Tuesday. What, are you free Tuesday? Yeah, actually, I could go to dinner on Tuesday. I see. Interesting. So you learn so much more about, you get so much if more you, information. If you frame the saying, question in a way that they had, that, that your person you're talking to says no. Yeah then then they'll have they'll they'll be more inclined to explain why wow Anyways. see <laughs> we're already wow, what a, what a, we're only three questions in this yeah, is great and, and last year people still talk about the qr codes that you blessed us <laughs> that, that knowledge with last <laughs> oh year. my gosh yes people i know that was so awesome all year long so um see now now we have this um if you could pick only one form of social media to use and drop all the rest which would it be I mean, Twitter's a pretty good place right now. It's a lot of fun. <laughs> um, I don't know. Probably not. Probably. I don't know. I think Instagram. I like Instagram. Yeah. Um, Instagram seems to be. Oh, shoot. Maybe not. I don't know. Because I was just about to say that Instagram is authentic, but I think it's not. Right? Because you're just really seeing your highlight reel. Yeah. Twitter. Not on Be Real though. Yeah, I'm not. Are you on Be Real? I'm not familiar with Be Real. Oh wow, I'm I I adopted I something before you. I adopted a social media app before <laughs> you for <laughs> once. That's amazing. I I don't know. I don't know if I have a answer to that question. I guess I say Twitter, or Instagram, but mainly because those are the two social medias I use the most. Um, I don't know the answer to that question. That's I fine. just want to go wherever people are being the most authentic. Yeah. It's tough to find. Uh, what advice would you give someone who is having a hard time getting over a mistake they've made? Just in life? Could be anything, yeah. Um, so I heard a really good parable earlier this year that has stuck with me. And it's the, it's the story of the Chinese farmer. He's, he's a horse farmer. That's what he is, I think. Okay. And, and um, so the story goes, he, his his horse runs away and his neighbors are like oh my gosh that's the worst thing that could happen you lost your horse that's how you make your living how will you ever recover is is that not i mean are you devastated and and the man says 
I don't know, maybe, maybe we'll see. It's, it's just too hard to tell. And so the next day the horse comes back with another horse. Huh. And the neighbors are like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Like you, you know, yesterday you would have been in the deepest of lows and now you've got an extra horse. Now you got another horse. Isn't that, is that amazing? That's the greatest thing that could have ever happened to you. Now you got two horses. And the guy says, maybe, I guess, I don't know. We'll see. And then that extra horse, his son was training the extra horse and the horse kicked his son and, and injured him, broke his leg or, you know, injured him badly. And the people are like, oh my gosh, that's so horrible. Your son, he's hurt. He can't help you work around the farm now. This horse, you did, you were just trying to train it. And the farmer, of course, he says, I guess, maybe. And, um, and then there's a, uh, and then there's a war. And so the government is going around and rounding up all of the young, healthy men in, in, in the towns to go fight in the war. And, and of course the son can't fight in the war because he's not healthy. So the neighbors say, wow, farmer, aren't you lucky? Your son doesn't have to go fight in the war because he got hurt by the horse. And the farmer just says, maybe, huh? huh? I don't know. So I guess the, the, the lesson for me there was, uh, you know, because to answer your question, how do you get over a mistake that you made or maybe a bad thing that happened? Um, maybe the way to get over that is to say, I don't know. It's, it's hard to, you can't determine right now if that, what is that mistake truly going to lead to? Yeah. You don't know. Wow. Super interesting. Well, that kind of leads me into my next question, which is a wild card. <laughs> What's word. the biggest mistake you made? <laughs> I'm mixing it up for each person. And I just kind of wanted to get like a, a state of Landon. You know, we've we've done this interview in so many different scenarios. Um, we've done this in many haulers that were like barely getting down the road. Now you're in, you know, <laughs> a cup hauler. A cup hauler, and um, you know, you've done double duty here for the last bit. Um, you know, you've got a good Xfinity ride, and yet, you know, it was so disappointing for you to not, you know, make the playoffs. The heartbreak you had at Bristol. I know you really wanted to win a race, but yet seems like you're going to be able to continue with them but yet your sponsor you know <laughs> voyager you it know, just never it, seems to be simple with me is it? yeah so so what is what is the state of land what what's going on with you right now what's your outlook i think that that maybe that parable that i just told you is has been my outlook and that's the outlook um that i've had to take because i don't know i walked I left the track in New Hampshire, you know, feeling like I had just put together a race of competing to win and um, got disqualified and, you know, oh, that's the worst thing that could happen. I don't know. Maybe. I, I guess I don't know. You know, couldn't have imagined, you know, missing the playoffs and, and um, you know, what happened in Bristol and feeling like I was, you know, bottom of the pit there. Yeah, um, you know, on the outside looking in of the playoffs, and in, in the, you know, a car that's never missed the playoffs, is that the worst thing that could have happened? I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe not. Yeah. So, I think that, you know, for me, I'm just, I just know that I've, I, I guess at this point, I want to say that I've seen it all, but I just keep seeing more, <laughs> <laughs> and. And so I, I, I feel like my career has prepared me well for these, these experiences, the good and the bad. 
Um, and the one thing that I feel like I'm, you know, has driven me all year long is just the new challenge of, of racing for something different than I've um, had to race for in my career. And that's, you know, for top fives and wins. And um, there's, there's things that I know that I want to do better at um, to accomplish that. And, and that kind of continues to drive me to, um, to do that at college racing. Yeah. And so you feel, how do you feel about next year? Well, I think I can definitely be better. I think it won't be hard for me to be better. Yeah. And I think I, you know, we'll know these cars better and we'll know this field better and, um, you know, we'll just be able to attack better. Yeah. Okay. If someone blatantly wrecked you to win a race, would you interrupt their celebration? We just saw Brandon Jones answer to that <laughs> recently. <laughs> oh man. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It would be, that would be a hard one for me, especially if I was that close to, you know, my first win and, you know, imagining Brandon Jones being Brandon Jones last week, you know, it's a perfect example. Obviously that wasn't for his first win, but, but if I were in Brandon Jones's position and that, that happened to me, um, oh, that would be, that, that's a, t- I can't tell you what I would do in that scenario. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, I would think, uh, an in your face burnout like that probably wouldn't have helped. Mm, <laughs> no kidding. What movie do you think you've seen the most times over the last year? The big short. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, seriously. I've watched it like several times, partly because I love that movie and it's a really good movie. And, um, it's actually you know really helpful for understanding even what's happened in the crypto market in the last year uh but it's also the only movie for whatever reason that's downloaded on my iphone oh and i'm not and i'm not i just i don't you know i try to bring books with me on the plane i'll like play chess on my phone like i don't i'm not one of those guys that like downloads a bunch of movies before i go on a flight and just watch movies over and over again but some of these West Coast flights, I just, they're so freaking long and I can only read for so long and I can only, you know, play games on my phone for so long that I'll just be like, I want to watch a movie. So I ended up watching The Big Short. <laughs> I, okay, so yeah, I probably watched it like three or four times this year. Okay. Okay. When you think about NASCAR five years from now, what are you the most optimistic about and what worries you the most? I think that I'm optimistic about the direction of motorsports as a whole and i'm optimistic about the the value of drivers in this in this business because i think the next gen is providing a real opportunity i I think that for whatever reason whether whether it's the next gen or whether it's just the teams and manufacturers in general over the last couple years have just put so much stock in the drivers and and are really investing in the drivers and you know we can talk about driver pay and stuff that hasn't maybe hasn't fully reflected on that yet but like they're the teams and manufacturers to me are acting like the drivers are extremely important right now mm-hmm. and that will the long-term effect of that will be very good for racing because i think it'll be good for drivers you'll have a lot of high value drivers you'll have superstars um and i think people will look up to those drivers and those drivers the good role models will hopefully succeed and win races and represent the sport well and they'll get compensated well and then more people will want to be drivers and want to compete in this sport so you'll attract the best talent in the world i mean mm-hmm. that's like the big 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 long term that's even more than five years yeah but to me the point is right now teams and manufacturers are putting a lot of weight in drivers they're the drivers are working harder all drivers at the highest level are working 
harder now than they've ever worked, I think. Okay. And they're being held accountable. And I think that's a very, very good thing because you're, you're creating the most talented crop of drivers that we've ever seen, the sport's ever seen. And what worries you the most? At the sport, probably. I mean, on one hand, that maybe the sport fights itself too much over the next couple of years. You know, you have the ownership group, you have NASCAR, you have the drivers, you know, you have the, the, the broadcast partners, you have big business deals, important deals. You have the racetracks. You have deals that are up here in the next couple of years. So there's, you know, a pivotal. It, the, there's there's some big big moments that have to happen in the next couple of years, in the next five years, and you know, hopefully that uh, hopefully we can get through these huge business decisions without any major impasse. Yeah. Okay. So a magic <clears throat> genie appears and offers you the chance to go back to the beginning of your racing career and start all over. But the catch is that you get to retain all the knowledge and experience that you have now. So do you go back and start over, do it all again, or do you stay where you are? (laughs) Um, Normally when we go over these questions, I also have like in my mind what I think I would answer. And sometimes we discuss that. Right. And so I'm trying to remember for this one what I told you or what I would have told you. And I can't remember because right now I'm thinking that I would definitely take (laughs) take the (laughs) offer. Yeah. because I think there's a few wins out there that I could probably uh, put together um, with with some better knowledge. Especially starting your career with Hendrick. Yeah, if definitely. If you knew, know what you knew now. Yeah, definitely. You know, right. Yeah, right. even on the, on the business side and things like that. Yeah. Uh, so each week I ask a driver to give me a question for the next person. Last week was Kevin Harvick, and he wants to know, why should I invest in crypto? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Kevin. <laughs> uh, that is a great question. So... The why, I, crypto, the technology behind crypto is, is going to revolutionize business, our financial institutions, the, the way we interact, especially in the digital world. Because that technology does something that's never been possible, which is to truly transact digital value over the internet. So, so really, that's, that's the why. That's, that's why you should invest in crypto. Um, you should start small. This is a long-term investment. So you should start with something that you have a long time horizon with. <laughs> you know, that doesn't just, that's really exciting. It's a really exciting pitch if he, if he can grasp that concept that I just explained that's not a reason to take 99% of his net worth and say, all right, we're going into crypto because Landon yeah. said it's going to revolutionize the financial system. That's a reason to say, okay, this is a long-term investment that, that I'm, you know, can take some money that I don't need to worry about for the next five, 10 years mm-hmm. and put it into crypto assets. Um, so, you know, if you have zero knowledge of crypto, which maybe Kevin has very little knowledge, if he's asking that question the way he's asking it, I would say, start with the king and queen and buy some bitcoin and ethereum and and just see how it see what it's like to interact with it mm-hmm. you know buy it on a centralized exchange but also move it from your centralized exchange to your own wallet so that you know what it's like to hold this digital asset in a wallet that you control with no you know with no intermediary yeah uh, where you hold the private keys and then from there you can 
you know, if you're still interested in it, if you, if you want to learn more, if you maybe if you want to invest deeper into it, that's where you need to continue to do your own homework and learn more about all the rest of that crypto has to offer, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, all the different tokens and, and NFTs or, or DAOs or whatever it may be. That's where you can do your own homework and start to learn more about it. Or you could come back and ask me more questions too, if you, if you <laughs> want to go down that path. Yeah. I've asked you personally a lot of questions. For sure. So, so, um, you know, the last few years you've wanted to wait to give your question until <clears throat> I know it's going to be within February. So I won't even ask you to give a question now, but what I'll ask you is, um, what I, I've told the listeners, um, you know, I always sort of get to this time of year and I'm kind of uncertain of what it should look like. Right. So should I keep the same, you know, do a new 12 questions like I always yep. do. Should I do a random mixed, you know, keep 12 questions, but it's different for every person every week kind of thing where it's like a rotating mix mm -hmm. of stuff. Or should I just do like a 12 minutes with somebody where I just like talk to somebody for 12 minutes, start a timer and we, wherever the conversation goes and then that's that, that's it. What do, what do you think the 12 questions should look like uh, in the future? This is not a binding vote, just a, <laughs> I like the questions. I don't like the time constraints. I, I don't, I don't want to see if you put 12 minutes on it, I don't want to see somebody, um, um, filibuster you. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. You know? I get like two questions in and they just talk and talk and talk. And talk right. Yeah. Right. And it's just pointless. I think, yeah. that, you know, I think that, that, Hey, if we got the free time, let's, I don't know how many people listen to the recording of it. I mean, that's the recording is pretty good. Because I know for the article, you kind of have to condense some of what we're talking about. But the recording, I mean. Yeah, I think it's to the point now where more, more people now listen to it than read than it. Than read it, wow. Yeah, which has been a flip from even That's a few years ago. Yeah. yeah. You have to add a video video aspect to it. I know, it might be coming. <laughs> might be coming, yeah. Um, I I like the questions. I mean, it's it's I, I, I also, you know, I think that you could have a rotation of questions. But that just is a little more work on our part in February. <laughs> yeah. Now we have to create new questions. You could also come up with questions. It could be 12 questions, but you give yourself some flexibility. You start the season with 12 questions and you yeah. maybe move some questions in and out as the season goes, give yourself some mobility. Yeah. Like, like for instance, the airplane reclining seat question turned out to be more of a dud than I thought. I mean, it was okay. I got some answers, but like, I thought a lot more people would be like, Oh no, don't do that. Like, you know that's that's terrible but most people are like it's fine it's fine no big deal just, you know what i mean so i've always you, but you, you don't know, how, know when we when we review these questions some of those some of those questions i really hope that it's like it's not about the answer itself but about what can we learn about the person from the answer right and sometimes i wonder that you know if we get that out of them or not yeah well you, it's it's tough to tell and february how 30 whatever people are going to answer right. the question you know right. but anyway thank you of course thanks for, for having me uh being in the final spot as always always hopefully i'm i'm you know there's been times when we do this and be like i don't know yeah i don't know if we'll be able to do this next year i don't know yep. if you have your plans so it's nice to sit here with you and yeah um i know you would have wanted better results but you're compared to where you were a few years ago in a good spot yeah so. it's, it's been it is it's been good it's been continuation of my career and um, in an upward tra trajectory and at least in this fashion I've for the 
15th, 12th, whatever, how many year in a row I've made it to the championship race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, thanks. All right, everybody, there you have it, the final 12 questions of the season. hope you enjoyed that one. Landon, of course, I mean, just always has interesting things to say. You just never know what's going to uh, be on his mind, I guess, or come out of his mouth. Um, the Chinese horse farmer parable, now we know. Negotiation tactics, now we know. Crypto, I mean, all that stuff. Uh, so very interesting, um, as always, and uh, of course, appreciate his time and input and feedback uh, on everything that goes into the 12 questions. Well, hope you've enjoyed this season. And of course, um, as I referenced there, um, I'm not 100% committed to to doing the same format next year, but it seems like so far the feedback is that you guys um, like that kind of stuff. And, and people at uh, the tweet ups that I've talked to about this are also saying similar things that you'd want um, you know, 12 questions, just maybe with a, a wild card and a question for the next guy to mix it up a little bit, but it seems like you like hearing, um, how different drivers answer the same questions. So maybe we'll go that route. Uh, but of course, if you want to give some feedback, my Twitter name is Jeff underscore Gluck and, uh, would love to hear from you. My DMS are open as always. So feel free to, uh, send me some feedback and I will uh, take it all into account before next year. Anyway, of course, thanks as always for listening all season long. Really appreciate your support of the 12 questions. One of my favorite things to do. And I only really do it because you guys say you still enjoy it. So let's keep it going. And uh, we'll talk to you next time on the 12 questions podcast.